0: So, my sinuses are trying to kill me. It's okay. It's really not. My head's going to explode. It's a virus
1: trying to kill the entire world.
0: Well, I'm not sick with that. I only have allergies, but they're a bitch.
1: I have an ear infection, so it's like, is the sore throat from my ear infection? Or do I have the corona? You know, that's, it's not, time.
0: that's not a gamble I would want to take. It is what it is. I don't know how pollen managed to get inside my apartment and I'm really irritated with it. I'm going to add it to my running angry letter with Mother Nature. So,
1: Mother Nature's fighting back since so she's holding no punches.
0: She really isn't.
1: So, guys, it is currently Mother's Day, where I am right now, not for you guys. I was about to
0: say, it is definitely not.
1: (laughs) It is for me, and that's why we had our Mother's Day episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But now, like, the world is shutting down. You guys have nothing else to do but listen to our beautiful voices. As we all suffer from cabin fever for the next eight weeks. Cabin Um,
0: fever, hay fever, all the fevers.
1: We all have the fevers. I hope my allergies go away now that I won't be outside with animals everywhere.
0: I have been inside for two weeks straight and I have allergies, so I don't. Well, I mean, I'm allergic to animals. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm. I'm just allergic to air these days. So, <laughs> you know, the life, just the, the life air. Uh,
1: sustaining thing that I everybody needs. I'm allergic to that.
0: Pretty much. I mean, I had an allergy attack the other day, so I cleaned the whole apartment from top to bottom, dusted, vacuumed the whole nine. And, uh, yeah, it's still here. Won't go away.
1: So, guys, welcome to the end of the world. We're broadcasting this live.
0: <laughs> the kidding. world is on fire.
1: It was on fire a couple of months ago. Just in Australia, though.
0: The, the world is falling apart, everybody.
1: <laughs> Anytime I see news that isn't coronavirus related, I'm like, there's other things happening. <laughs> the world's still going. Like, I don't understand. I can't even tell what day it is until you... <laughs> Half the time. Aww. Disney Plus doesn't come out until Tuesday, and I thought it came out today. So really, my day has just been not great.
0: That's <laughs> really tragic. Uh, well, <laughs> one nice thing that did happen during all this craziness was that my mom was out at the grocery store a couple days ago trying to find baby formula for my nephew because... All of the formula is like flying off the shelves and it's too expensive to buy on Amazon now and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So she went behind the customer service counter because that's where they carry baby formula these days. If that's not fucked up. Oh,
1: guys, in the U.S., people steal baby formula and that's why it's in the back of the counter.
0: It's fucking insane. Because it's
1: expensive, not because they're dicks. They just have to feed their kids.
0: It's insane. It's like $20 per canister. Uh, And there were two canisters left of the kind that my nephew needed. And my mom was about to buy them, but she stepped aside to call my sister to make sure it was the right kind. And this other woman came up, saw that my mom wanted to buy them, and bought them for her. Oh, yeah, it was really sweet. And then my mom tried to say, no, 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 let me Venmo you. Let me pay you back, please. I was only trying to make sure this was the right kind. I can afford to buy it. And the lady like ran away from her and wouldn't let her pay her back. Mm. So anyway, kind strangers good, in the midst of all of this. Yes. Good Samaritan did a nice thing. So. This week is our second patron choice episode. It right? is. It's super I special. S- so this month's patron choice theme was famous gangsters. 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 And the options were, I was about to say Thomas Capano. That's wrong. <laughs> the options were Al Capone or Pablo Escobar. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Who will we be talking about? You've probably read the title and description. You already know who we're talking about, so let us just have our fun. Oh wait, maybe I should introduce the podcast. <laughs> Any
1: whooser, happy platinum anniversary! It's our twentieth episode.
0: Hey! Ooh! Oh, I almost forgot. It is. Yeah. So, oh my goodness.
1: Oh my god, we're almost half a year, just six more episodes, and we've done this for half a year. I don't want to talk about it. Oh <laughs> anyway, my god, um,
0: <laughs> stop that.
1: I know, it feels like only yesterday I was laying on the floor over there recording. In uh, our
0: blanket forts? In our blanket forts, Aww, Seems like just CBT. yesterday that you said, hey Chelsea, we could totally have a podcast, and it would be called Dinner and a Murder, and it would be hilarious. It
1: was so weird, guys. <laughs>
0: We didn't that was even so weird. We didn't even consciously plan to start a podcast. We just kinda started doing it.
1: Yeah. It was kind of just like text I think we were like joked about it.
0: Yeah. For a little bit. We and jokingly then like, said, we could do this. And then you came up with a title saying, for it and we were like, oh wow, we could actually do this. <laughs> I came up with a
1: title and the concept for it, and I was like, oh my God, we're doing this. And I think like a week later, we were ordering the microphones.
0: Yeah. Um. Probably not even that.
1: (laughs) Not even. I don't know. It was probably later that day, to be honest. Um. So, our 20th episode. And welcome to Dinner and a Murder. That's what this podcast is called. It is a foodie paranormal true crime podcast, if you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. Most recent to oldest, like a weirdo. Um, oh, why would you do that? Uh, I don't know. Some people do it. So welcome, welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Rose. And I'm Chelsea. We're beautifully five thousand miles apart, living through this uh, worldwide pandemic. Um, <laughs> fun stuff. With fun all stuff. Of you guys. Like we said, this is our Patreon choice episode, and on the topic of Patreon. Don't forget to consider becoming one so that you can do April's patron choice episode, which we do have one. Right. Oh, shit. Do we have an April one or May? I have not looked at the calendar. May.
0: We will be skipping the April patron choice episode because the fifth. For the series.
1: Yes. For (laughs) For the the series. series. (laughs) I wrote April and I was like, shit. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) And keep on sent emailing us your true crime and paranormal stories at dinner and a murder pod at gmail.com. Before we start on with them and reveal the March's patron choice, we're going to talk about some food.
0: Food. Yes, please do. Where have you been to? Have you even been anywhere to eat? Or is this like from your archive? It's
1: actually not from my archive, which I just recently because I was like, bro, what are we going to do for food? Um, Yeah. I remember that I went to a couple places when I went to Scotland. And I think when I went to London that I actually haven't talked about yet so I was like I gotta dig yes. up those pictures and those menus to refresh my
0: brain yes I mean you talked about it. the last drop that was in Edinburgh right yeah it was in
1: Edinburgh and uh I went to Northern Soul Grilled Cheese oh yes I'm so and excited it's, like, it's a industrial restaurant that makes gourmet grilled cheeses and mac and cheese oh and I had a grilled cheese called Mac Attack, oh. made w- made with the restaurant's signature mac and cheese. Oh my god! Um, my stomach is growling now.
0: I'm losing my shit. And I
1: also, I also broke my pork rule because I'm an awful person and I would make a terrible Jew and or Muslim. <laughs> um, and I had loaded fries called Piggy Fries, and they oh. are. Fries topped with smo- slow smoked barbecue pooled pork. Oh. Mm. And I also had a drink called Dance Like Your Northern. It's made with gin, honey, sage, lemon, apple, and some bitters called Pichard's bitters. The bitters have like a light and fruity flavor, and they kind of have like this citrusy caramel, like just licorice. God, I can't speak today. (laughs) Licorice kind of uh, vibe to them. Oh,
0: that sounds delicious.
1: Yes, they do make a mac and cheese sandwich with And a mac and cheese sandwich and a mac and cheese pot, which is just their big bowls of mac and cheese with pulled pork already like in them. But I decided to try them separately. So the grilled cheese was very good and very cheesy. I would have preferred a little bit more garlic and pepper in it, but it was still really good. The loaded fries were also very good. The meat was so freaking tender. I was like, oh. this is so good and oh, the barbecue yeah. sauce wasn't too sweet because barbecue sauce isn't like my jam it was more tangy than sweet and i was like this is the kind of barbecue sauce i live for very <laughs> smoky and then i ended up putting uh some of the extra meat into the grilled cheese and it just amped it up so if you were to get the mac and cheese pot or grilled cheese with the pork already in it it would have been the bomb the sandwich with the mac and cheese and pork is called pig on the lead if anybody is interested in that and the mac and cheese pot with the pork is called picky mac the food overall was very good very yummy and as we speak about it right now my stomach is literally like feed me Um, yeah that sounds so good The drink wasn't as sweet as I expected it to be, but it was still very good. It had a nice, uh, light, slightly sweet flavor to it. It was a little bit more tart than I expected it to be, but very grown up and sophisticated. Mm Hmm. I mean, it's not like gin and tonic where I'm like, I want to die. Oh, jeez. But it was like not because I like sweet drinks because they're a little bit easier to take down. But sometimes sweet drinks are a little heavy on the tongue. Mm -hmm. Um so it was nice it was a nice little switch to the game so yeah that's that's northern soul and they have it's a uh manchester chain like it's a locally owned business and they've opened up they have like a little um what do you call them i guess not a shack that's uh a stand there we go there like you it go I was like, not a shack. That's dumb. They have like a little stand in in town, and then they have like a their full restaurant and they're opening up another full restaurant. I actually don't know when that's gonna happen now with everything going on. So, and they also feature in the Christmas markets during Christmas time. Mm. <sighs> very good. And it's a Manchester a local restaurant. I love that, and it was so good. And I wish I could have some right now.
0: I'm sad. That sounds um, so good. Our, our restaurants yes. here in Washington have been on delivery only basis for about a week or a week and a half now. And I'm definitely feeling it.
1: Now that I think about it, Walk I food. think that Boer Johnson has ordered restaurants and cafes to be closed and only have takeaway. Now that I remember. So, that was my food. Um, If you would like to see some pictures of what the place looks like and the food I ate, so that you can drool over it while you can't go and get some <laughs> uh, yes. during this horrible time, you've got to check that out on our website. But, um, please like and follow our Facebook page at D-A-A-M Podcast. Twitter Damn. at D-A-A-M Pod. Damn. And instagram a dinner and a murder um, Yep. so that's where all the pics are gonna be and without further ado chelsea was it escobar or
0: al capone that got our winners and and today i will be discussing the notorious the infamous king of cocaine pablo escobar pablo escobar
1: before we start this episode, we want to give a huge, huge shout out to the patrons that chose Pablo Escobar, and those two patrons are Chelsea, our mommies.
0: mommies. Uh, we have Kim and Rose. Are, that's not right. That's, that's not, not, either, not right either one right of at our all. mother's y- names. Kim? Did you just call her your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call Captain
1: Holt dad? <laughs> Chelsea looks up to me like a mother oh, figure, y'all.
0: God. Uh, so um. anyway, our moms are Kim and Robin. Mommy, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me.
1: So just uh, let me be on this high horse for the next my whole life. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get on with this patron choice episode, y'all.
0: So I am going to do my best to keep this story straight because it's a doozy. So I'm ready to have the socks knocked off my
1: feet and all those other cliches about what's going on with Pablo Escobar.
0: Well, Um, you will. Um, And this is going to be a tough one, honestly, because the effects of Escobar's activities in Colombia and the whole South American continent are far reaching. The country is still fighting against cartels like his. Cartels that rushed in to fill the void when his finally fell, spoiler alert, and the economic and social hardships that come from decades of cartel activity, among other things.
1: Well, let's set the scene. What decade are we in?
0: Pablo Emilio Escobar Gaviria, not sure, was born on December 1st, 1949 in Rio Negro, Colombia, the third of seven children. Jesus Christ. Well, you'll see why in a second. So, because so he, <laughs> his father was a farmer, Aww. so farmers, you know, in the day tended to have a lot of children, and they his, needed it. They needed it, and his mother was an elementary school teacher. Aw, cute, quaint. Escobar grew up in the city of Medellin, Colombia, where it is thought that he started his criminal career as a teen. In a teen? A teen. Yeah, you know, petty shit. Being a little teenager running the streets. Aw, cute. Oh, no. In 1976, at the age of 26, Escobar married 15-year-old Maria Victoria Henao. I think, Ew! I think that's how he you say her name. He was 26 and he made a 15-year-old? Yes, he did. That's yucky, bro. Yeah. Maria's family disapproved of the match, not because so of the. Do I. Well, stand <laughs> oh. by. Shut up. <laughs> Not because of the 11 year age difference, but because they thought Escobar was socially inferior. Hmm. Rude. So, okay. anyway, the couple eloped and Aww, went rude. on to have two children Juan Pablo and Manuela. Aw. You keep awing, but you know it's going to get bad real soon. I'm trying to make myself <laughs> feel better, okay? Okay. It is speculated that at some time in his life, not sure when, Escobar had an affair with Colombian drug distributor Griselda Blanco, also known as the cocaine godmother. Blanco referred to Escobar in her diary as, you're going to giggle at this. <clears throat> okay. Coque de mi re, my coke king. And oh, oh, straightforward. Wait. Mom, I'm sorry. Oya Blanca, white dick.
1: I knew what that meant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, she never referred to him by his actual name in her diary, but it is speculated that they had an affair at some point in Pablo's life. Just thought that was worth mentioning. He's
1: unfaithful.
0: Uh, So let's get into his life of crime. Yay. How exactly he first began his life of crime is hotly debated. Some say he started by selling gravestones and sanding off the names to resell to smugglers. What a weird thing to smuggle. Right? Gravestones. A hot commodity. A hot commodity. I mean, people are dying left and right. (laughs) (laughs) However, Escobar's brother, Roberto, says that the gravestones were not stolen, but rather given to them by the cemetery owners when the families of the deceased stopped paying for gravesite maintenance. What in the
1: hell? Rude.
0: Escobar's son says that his father got started by running a very successful business selling counterfeit high school diplomas. I digs. So, (laughs) yeah, there's worse things, as we will discover. Eventually, Escobar found his partner in crime, Oscar Benel Aguirre, I think. I didn't look up the pronunciation of that one. No, like, like that was him, but I didn't look up the pronunciation of that name. The two ran petty street crimes, sold contraband cigarettes, fake lottery tickets and stole cars. So, you know, petty teenager shit. Escobar began working with Alvaro Prieto, a contraband smuggler around Medellin. He aimed to meet his childhood goal, which was to have one million pesos by age 22. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't look it up now. So I'm going to look up the conversion. (laughs) Okay, um, so as of today, I don't know what it was in the 70s when he started, but as of today, 1 million Colombian pesos is $244, roughly. He is known to have made a bank deposit of 100 million pesos, which is more than 3 million U.S. dollars, by age 26. So uh, his, his businesses were very lucrative. Sounds like it. In 1975, Escobar began building his cocaine operation. Escobar's brother says that he got into the drug business because it was untapped territory. There were no cartels in the area at the time, or there weren't very large or powerful cartels. Not Hmm. too sure about that. Seems unlikely that there weren't there already. Okay. He formed the Medellin cartel, which was founded by a lot of people, including Pablo Escobar, Roberto Escobar, Gustavo Gaviere, Gaviera, Gaviera. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that one. And several others. There were a lot of founders. Escobar would buy the cocaine paste in Peru, smuggle it into Colombia in airplane tires, and then have it refined in his laboratory in Medellin. He eventually bought his own fleet of planes and helicopters that flew routes from Colombia to the U.S. or Panama to the U.S., depending, to smuggle in cocaine. Damn, son. Yes, yes, yes. At one point, he had at least 15 planes and six helicopters. Jesus, I don't even have one. At least. I mean, come on now. According to Escobar, it is too many According to Escobar's son, one of his planes crashed and killed a close friend. Escobar took the scraps from the crash and had them reassembled above the gate of his ranch at Hacienda Napolis. Jesus. In May 1976, Escobar and several others were arrested in possession of 39 pounds of, quote, white paste. Jesus. 39 Jesus. pounds of pure fucking
1: cocaine.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean it was the white paste, so that was probably the unrefined cocaine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Escobar's attempts to bribe the judge failed, so he ordered the mm. murder of the two arresting officers. Rude. With the officers dead, the case against Escobar was dropped. Naturally, Escobar's brother states that this was the beginning of Pablo's pattern of dealing with the authorities by bribery or murder.
1: Jeez, just like a farm a little farm boy to fucking murder gangster.
0: I mean, I don't know where King he got him. it. I don't know either. The high demand for cocaine in the u s allowed Escobar to expand his operation and bring in insane profits.
1: Jeez.
0: Insane. I mean, let's think about the United States in the 80s. It was cocaine Uh, nation. Cocaine nation and everybody had money. Everybody. Just kidding. Speaking of insane profits, he used some of these to buy a 7.7 square mile tract of land on which he built his ranch, Hacienda Napoles, which I will get into Mm. in a little bit. The property contained a zoo, lake, sculpture garden, a private bull ring... And other diversions for his family. All right, so I'm about to blow your brain with some numbers here. All right, I'm ready. At one point, it was estimated that 70 to 80 tons of cocaine was being brought into the U.S. every month. What are y'all doing? (laughs) Like, let that sink in. That's 140,000 to 160,000 pounds of cocaine per month. What are you guys doing? Eating it? I don't know. I mean, they're putting it on their cereal. They're wiping their butts with it. <laughs>
1: I, have, it's, I, I don't understand. I'm, I don't understand how everybody is not dead.
0: <laughs> I mean... A lot of people did die in the 80s because of cocaine, so. Well,
1: everybody should be
0: dead because of cocaine. (laughs) That's a lot of cocaine. At the height of its power in the mid 1980s, the Medellin cartel was transporting as much as 11 tons per flight to the US.
1: Jesus
0: Christ. 11 tons per flight. To transport the massive loads of cocaine, Escobar used planes, helicopters, and two submarines. This dude got two sub...
1: (laughs) This dude has one submarine. What? But now he has got two? That's not even like a thing that I thought you could buy.
0: Right! After we've just discussed his disgusting amount of money, naturally, what do corrupt rich people do? They get into politics. Mm. Of course. Of course. In 1982, Escobar was elected as an alternate member to the Chamber of Representatives of Colombia. Smart. Escobar was the official representative of the Colombian government for the swearing in of Prime Minister Felipe Gonzalez in Spain. Hmm. The Medellin Cartel controlled the majority of the illegal drug trade in the United States, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. And Venezuela and Spain. Jeez. Jesus Christ, Spain. <laughs>
1: Spain.
0: I, uh, I don't the whole ass ocean. Escobar took care to produce only the highest quality cocaine and worked... Only t- the highest. Only the highest. Only, you know, the best of the best. Some A1
1: grade A fucking grass
0: Fred. cocaine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Free-range cocaine, guys. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, he worked to expand his business into more countries in the Americas and Europe. During the height of the Medellin cartel's operations, they brought in more than... Uh, wait for it. This is going to hurt your soul. They brought in more than 70 million U.S. dollars per day.
1: That's like a bajillion dollars in 80s money
0: (laughs) (laughs) per day, (laughs) per day at the height of their operations, which in today's (sighs) money is one hundred and sixty eight point three million a day. I want to take a nap.
1: I'm going to take a nap right right. here. (laughs) I'm legit. There's like legit tears coming from my eyes right now because I just can't comprehend anybody like making that much money. And it just makes me sad that I don't have like any money. And there's people that make a million dollars in a second. Yeah. Oh, that's so stressful, bro.
0: Isn't it? They smuggled 15 tons of cocaine into the U.S. per day. I just can't wrap my mind around these numbers.
1: I can't even wrap my mind on what a ton is. I just know what it's all. Is it like a 1,000 pounds? It's 2,000 pounds.
0: 2,000 pounds! So 15 times (laughs) 2,000. You do that math. I don't want to do it. I don't want to either. Uh (laughs) Well, That's too much cocaine. This one is going to make you mad. So get ready for it. They spent nearly $1,000 per week buying rubber bands for their stacks of cash.
1: That's such a waste. It's so bad for the environment, but also,
0: why...
1: Well, speaking of... No, I'm just gonna... This this episode's just gonna make me sad.
0: (laughs) Speaking of wasteful, they stored the cash in warehouses because it's just too much cash. Each year, they had to write off about 10% of the cash due to quote-unquote, spoilage, because rats would get into the warehouses and nibble on the bills. I'm gonna go jump out this window right about now. I'll just pull off the uh, little thing on there to keep me
1: from opening the window all the way and just (laughs) jump on out.
0: The little safety latch, just rip it right off. Just rip it right off. In 1989, the cartel controlled 80% of the global cocaine market. I thought
1: you were going to say the global economy, which probably the same thing. I mean, Um,
0: the drug market is a huge part of the economy. Let's be real. They still do. Escobar's public image was that of a Robin Hood figure. He
1: killed like two people unless he killed somebody else in the meantime.
0: Bro, he's killed a lot of people. He's just killed so many that I can't even begin to cover it. So just mind you, while all of this drug shit is happening, he's going around murdering anybody who says ill about him, especially political figures. He killed a lot of Colombian political figures.
1: How rude. They're just trying to do their best. And then Pablo Escobar got to come around and fuck shit up.
0: Yep, yep, yep. He was considered a blight on the Colombian-American and governments, but was a hero to the people of Medellin. He sponsored the Colombian professional soccer team, which won the South American championship in 1989. He built soccer and multi-sport fields around Medellin and sponsored children's soccer teams. He built housing and soccer fields in Western Colombia, which earned him popularity among the nation's poor. It sounds
1: like he just got rich so that he could have his own soccer teams.
0: It, um, I mean, he really loved soccer. Let's put it that football. way. Football. Escobar would frequently distribute money in poor neighborhoods and perform other civic duties. Oh, well that's nice. I mean, it's nice, except you know, it's all blood money. I mean he was so popular in these poor neighborhoods that the people would actually help protect him from the authorities. I mean these people are
1: poor. As far as they know, the politicians haven't have done jack booty to help them. And here's this guy coming in with these wads of cash, setting up after school programs for the kids and making sure that their rent is being paid. So who were you going to? Put your trust in.
0: Exactly. That's why people in the poor neighborhoods loved him so much. They like idolized him. On the flip side of that goodwill was Escobar's ongoing war with the Colombian government. Because of Escobar's many, 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 many illegal activities, Colombia became the murder capital of the world. That is very sad. It is very sad. In 1992, there were 27,100 recorded violent deaths. A large number what? of these deaths occurred because Escobar paid hitmen to murder police and other government officials that got in his way.
1: Damn, son.
0: Over 600 uniformed police officers were murdered by Escobar's hitmen during his Jesus. reign of power. Um, so remember what I said about murdering people? He's doing it all the time. Murder. After the assassination of a prominent politician, Luis Carlos Galán, by Colombian drug cartels, the government moved against Escobar. Escobar negotiated a deal with the government that he would cease all criminal activity in exchange for a short prison sentence, five years, and preferential treatment while incarcerated. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, he was the one in power here, not the government. So he negotiated his yeah. own terms of imprisonment. Escobar surrendered himself to Colombian officials in 1991, only after the government had adopted the new Colombian Constitution of 1991, which included an article that prohibited Colombian criminals to be extradited to another country for trial.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: I would it's also all coming together. Yeah, I would also like to point out that that article was repealed in 1996. Good, smart. It was suspected that Escobar himself had pressured government officials to get the article passed in the first place. <laughs> no surprise. Shocker. Escobar was held at La Catedral. Let me tell you about it. Part of Escobar's terms of surrender were that he be held in a prison of his own design. Hmm. Yeah. La Catedral, or Hotel Escobar, as it was often called, was built to his specifications. It stood on a hill overlooking the city of Medellin. It included... Nice. Mind you, this is a federal prison. It included a soccer field, a giant dollhouse, for some reason. Creepy. A bar, jacuzzi, and waterfall. I'd like to be in prison there. Escobar had a telescope that allowed him to look down into the city to his daughter's residence so that he could see her while he spoke to her on the phone. Oh, sweet. Not creepy at all. Hey, daddy's in prison. I can see you. That's not creepy at all. Escobar was also given the right to choose his own guards while in prison. So obviously he chose men that were loyal to him. All his besties. Basically... It is largely believed that the prison was designed less to keep Escobar in and more to keep his enemies out. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, dude. I mean, pretty much it sounds like he just, quote unquote, surrendered himself to the government so that he could be put in a maximum security facility to protect himself.
1: He went into kind of like the best witness protection
0: ever. Pretty much, yeah. Despite his agreement to cease all criminal activity while in prison... Shocker! He did not. He, he did not. <laughs> he continued to run his drug drug empire from quote unquote behind bars, mm. even though I highly doubt he was actually ever behind bars. The government was willing to turn a blind eye to this until they learned that Escobar had four of his lieutenants tortured and murdered within the prison. Hmm. Interesting. Suspicious. Suspicious. The government decided to move Escobar to a standard prison, which he refused. Nah, I'm not going to go. <laughs> nah, I don't want to do it. Nah. Sorry. That doesn't that doesn't suit me. In July 1992, mm. after serving just over a year of his 5-year sentence, Escobar went on the run. It can't even As you do. It can't even be called an escape because this bitch just walked right out the back gate. He just, you know, went for a walk he literally, out of his own house. <laughs> basically, he just walked away. A 600-man team called the Search Block was assembled, consisting of members of SEAL Team 6 and the United States Delta Force, as well as... a. Damn, son. Right? I mean, they're serious about this. So they had SEAL Team 6... U.S. Delta Force, as well as a special task force trained by Colombian police officers, but they were never able to apprehend Escobar. Oh, hi. That slippery hi. son of You're a recording. bitch. Yeah, we are. Yeah. How you doing? I thought you were done. No. No, no. we're not, Ryan. I, I came in to pee. I could on never take anything seriously. Because no. I could hear you out here. Crap. Hi. God damn I it, Ryan. <laughs> hi, Ryan. She says hi. <laughs> I, I hope great. you know you're gonna be in the podcast now.
1: I'm gonna be in the podcast. Now? Yep,
0: not editing that out. Hi, Hi internet. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> okay. Back to okay. Oh, okay. All right. Back to your quarantine. Um. Anyway. Yep. <clears throat> okay. So I went over the whole SEAL Team Six thing. Mhm. In case you were wondering, today the facility is home of Benedictine monks. Nice. So, uh, La Catedral was built as a prison for Escobar, which was never actually a prison. It was like his home away from home, his resort. Now it's a monastery. And now it's a monastery, yeah. So, um, full life cycle there. Yeah, interesting, but whatever. With the police unable to find and recapture Escobar, the battle between him and the U.S. and Colombian governments dragged on. Escobar's enemies and competing drug lords grew increasingly tired of him. (laughs) <laughs> they were Bro, guy's so so, fucking annoying. so sick of his shit A vigilante group called uh, Let's see if I can pronounce this correctly Los Perseguidos por Pablo Escobar People persecuted by Pablo Escobar or Espanol 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 Escobar <laughs> uh, Or Los Pepes for short Was formed by Pablo's enemies I know we laughed through that whole sentence But the gist of it is His enemies formed a vigilante group called Los Pepes to take him down. Los Pepes waged a war, a bloody, bloody war, against Escobar and the Medellin cartel.
1: (laughs) I regret laughing.
0: (laughs) Bloody, bloody war. They killed anyone they found to be associated with Escobar. More than 300 of Escobar's associates and even relatives were murdered by Los Pepes. Oh my god. Yeah... The vigilantes also destroyed a large amount of the Medellin cartel's property. So like, you know, buildings that they owned as safe houses and stuff, they they destroyed those. Members of Search Block were said to have colluded with Los Pepes in their increasing desperation to stop Escobar. And that seems like a good place to take a breather and talk about something less bloody. Okay, yay. So let's take a moment to talk about his home Pablo's home Hacienda Napoles the ranch right the ranch with the drug okay. money just flowing in Escobar purchased property about 93 miles east of Medellin which he dubbed Hacienda Napoles on the property he built get ready there's a lot okay <sighs> let me get let me situate my butt mhm mhm get comfy All right. get comfy he built a spanish colonial house beautiful what for one thing yeah. uh, i'll have that please i'm like ooh, that's i was like spanish colonial yes ah, a good architecture beautiful Total architecture time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes he built a spanish colonial house a sculpture park a large collection of old luxury cars okay a private Living airport oh yep yep private airport i mean you gotta have somewhere to, to launch your, your fleet of planes. Yeah, but not at your house, okay? <laughs> <laughs> A bull ring. Aww. Uh, why AWP? Bullfighting is terribly inhumane. I know, that's why I said aww, like sad. Oh, not, okay. It didn't sound... oh he's got bulls. It didn't okay, on, sound like wait. a sad aww. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that was better. That was more Tina for my tastes. I appreciate that. <laughs> I know, I was like, I don't know how to drama this up a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bullfighting is fucking animal cruelty. Stop it, Spain! Yes, Spain! Yeah. Uh,
0: so he had a bull ring, naturally. A cart mm-hmm. racing track, like go-karts. Oh, dope. And a complete zoo, including animals such as antelopes, elephants, exotic birds, giraffes, ostriches, ponies, and four hippopotamuses. Hippopotami? Uh, Hippopotamus. I think it's hippopotami. The plural Um, of hippopotamus.
1: Among other
0: animals. (laughs) Hippos. Okay, first of all, don't agree
1: with zoos. I'd rather go to like a... Uh, what like those rehabilitation sanctuaries yes and uh don't agree with zoos and a lot of those animals don't come from south america so uh
0: funny that you mentioned that i will get to that
1: okay and for some reason my first thought was how do they fly an elephant on a plane and then i was like oh boats yeah boats makes more sense rose boats
0: yep 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 anyway now that we have that um you know, sense of grandeur and luxury in our heads, let's talk about how Pablo died. Wait, Pablo Espar is dead? Oh, he's way dead. I feel
1: like I knew this, but I think I got it mixed up with the other guy that's going on right now. That guy.
0: That's not helpful.
1: The guy, the cartel guy that tunneled out of the, uh, the jail a couple of years ago and everybody was like losing their fucking minds. Oh my God. Oh, he's like a really big dude. Oh my God. I don't think he's dead. Anyway, just... Say what you're going to say, and I'm actually going to just look it up because it's going to bother the hell out of me.
0: All right, you do that. I'm going to just keep going here. Back to Pablo. Sixteen months after his, quote-unquote, escape, which was never actually an escape, from La Catedral, an electronic surveillance team intercepted Escobar's radio telephone calls and were able to track his location. So, Mm. I mean, at this point, this man is so you know, insistent about not being caught that he's using military grade radio telephones. El Chapo. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> I different, completely different person. So different. We should add him to the list though. He's a good one.
1: Anyway. So this guy, Escobar, who I actually know what he looks like. And if we all know what he, cause he's got a really distinctive feature. So I'm pretty sure everybody who's like in Colombia right now knows what this man looks like.
0: Oh, probably. He's, well, yeah.
1: he's probably not blending in.
0: Yeah, well, he was doing a pretty good job hiding until his phone calls were intercepted and his location was finally pinpointed. Escobar caught wind that the police were closing in on him, so he and his personal bodyguard climbed onto the roof of his hideout and tried to escape over several roofs to a back street. Police shot and killed Escobar and his bodyguard on the roof from his hideout in Medellin. Damn, son. There's also a very disturbing picture of the police that shot him standing Mm -hmm. in a circle around him with their guns, smiling while while the body is just sitting there. Creepy. It's
1: pretty pretty disturbing or like a shootout. Uh,
0: I think it was more like a like a military mission type deal, like like a a Russian and ambush him kind of thing. Damn, son. Um, Yeah, he was shot in the abdomen and through the ear, which was the fatal shot.
1: Actually, I feel really nauseous. (laughs) nauseous
0: Well, um, there's actually some debate as to whether the fatal shot did come from the police or whether Escobar might have killed himself, having been cornered because he I believe it was his brother has said to the media that Pablo told him if he were ever cornered with no way out, he would commit suicide and you would know that he did it because he would purposely shoot himself through the ear. Uh, nah, I, don't, I don't believe it. So it's, pr- it's very hotly debated whether Pablo was killed by police or whether he committed suicide because he was cornered. But regardless, he gone. The aftermath of Pablo Escobar's death, I keep wanting to say Pablo Picasso, and I don't know why. Because Pablo Picasso is a person? Yeah, I mean, but anyway. Without Escobar's leadership, the Medellin cartel fell apart, leaving a massive gap in the cocaine market, obviously, since they Mm -hmm. controlled 80% of the global market. And their rival cartel, the Cali Cartel, rushed in to fill the need. Thanks to the Robin Hood image that he cultivated among the poor, Escobar was widely mourned and his funeral was attended by over 25,000 people. No. Yeah. I mean. Too many. There are people today that regard him as a saint and even pray to him. Oh my God. They even pray to him for divine guidance. Here's here's the thing, guys. I have... Not an
1: expert on Colombia. I didn't even know what country we were talking about about half an hour ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Colombia wasn't a perfect country to begin with. It had its corruption, just like everybody else. And Pablo Escobar killed a lot of people that would have probably made a difference in that. Mm. And made the corruption even worse. So oh, he did he
0: not a saint, y'all. He was never um, nobody. Come and kill me. <laughs> he may have, you know, cultivated this this Robin Hood image for himself, but I don't think he was he ever was no Robin Hood. He was never actually doing it for the poor. I mean, donating to the poor was just like a side effect of his own wealth. He just wanted which, it for which himself. Which a
1: shame because he's a he his background. Would suggest that he would want to help the poor people. Like
0: you'd think so. He grew up for, a, a poor child. For some reason,
1: because I didn't know a lot, I I try to watch Narcos, but like I said, it's in Spanish, so I have to like pay attention to the screen, and I can't knit or crochet while I'm watching it. So I don't. I didn't know a lot about Pablo Escobar's like life, but for some reason, I I guess because of that Robin Hood uh, legacy that he's left behind, I thought that he uh became this criminal mastermind or whatever uh you want to call it to help like pay for things like in his family and then eventually that spread out to uh like the community and stuff and then he just like caught caught up in the corruptness and then became this corrupt person that fucked over a lot of actually good people that were going to make a difference in the country um and then he just became like the the person he hated kind of thing Either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain type of situation. I mean,
0: that could be the case. We don't know anything. This completely
1: was just like, like, nope, he just wanted some fucking money and he
0: was going to do whatever he was going to do to get it. I mean, this is the side of the story that I have chosen to really focus on. Obviously, there's so much to this story. I could not possibly try to cover it in this single episode. But I mean, what you said could be true. Like... He, yeah, he, I just
1: also think, like I said, it's his, like the legacy he left behind for a yeah. lot of people. And
0: I mean, typically that is why teenagers and, and children will turn to crime is because their families are struggling and they want to help their families.
1: Um, it's it's not only just a sense of, of, of finance for people, but it's also a sense of community for individuals who the mainstream community has kind of turned their backs on. So, yeah, there's lots of reason why people get involved with crime and poverty is right there number 1 for pretty much uh everybody.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's like 90% of the crimes people commit are poverty driven crimes.
0: Yes. Um <sighs> so obviously I mentioned at the beginning that Pablo was not doing all of this alone. He had a family and after <laughs> Escobar's death, his wife and children fled to Mozambique after Which... They resided in safe houses in Colombia for a little while um, until they felt that that was unsafe. They tried to emigrate, but a lot of countries wouldn't take them. And finally, they ended up in Mozambique. Is that a country? Yes, it is. Oh, Wow. You learn something every day. Despite his constant infidelity, his wife, Maria, always supported him. She often encouraged him to avoid violence. Of course, he never did, but she tried. I mean, she was 15 years old when she married him. Yeah, so. exactly. This poor girl. It makes sense. Members of rival cartels admired Maria so much that they recorded conversations between her and Escobar, which they took home and replayed for their own wives as examples of how a good wife should behave. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. hmm uh, goodbye. Suck my ass. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> if that doesn't piss you off, I don't know what will. This admiration turned out to be the only reason that the Cali cartel did not kill Maria and her children after Escobar's death. I mean, it
1: seems kind of pointless.
0: Well, the cartel wanted the entire Escobar family dead as reparation for the damage that Escobar's war- against them caused. And I'm just
1: saying that if Escobar's dead, there's nobody to really rub it in your face.
0: You know what I'm trying to say? Well, that is not true. They wanted to ensure that Escobar's son wouldn't eventually come back and seek revenge for his father.
1: What about the daughter? Okay. So
0: there's another motive for them to want to kill the family, but eventually they decided not to because they respected Maria so much. She even argued on her son's behalf, saying that she would personally ensure that he would never come back for revenge for his father. And after all of that, the family eventually settled in Argentina. Argentina. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> I it was the wrong melody. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hacienda Napoles was seized by the Colombian government. Here's where we get to uh, the animals. Many of the animals animals in the zoo were too expensive for the government to maintain, so they donated them to other zoos. The four hippos, however, were deemed too (laughs) dangerous to seize and move, (laughs) and so they were left on the property unattended. Oh, okay. They didn't kill the hippos, I promise you. By 2007, you know, unattended animals tend to procreate a lot.
1: <laughs> I was like, wait, 2007? Yes. And then I was like, We're... for some reason, I was like, the Jurassic Park song theme song started playing in my head. <laughs> it was like, life will find a way. Bro.
0: <laughs> for real, it will. So we start with four hippos, right? Yeah. By 2007, there are 16 hippos. Uh, Okay, that's how I was expecting, like, a much bigger number,
1: but, like...
0: (laughs) Dude, that's only in 2007. I'm still talking here. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. So, around then, the herd began roaming around the nearby river for food, because I guess the property they were on wasn't sufficient for them anymore. In 2009, two adults and a calf split off from the main herd and began causing all kinds of chaos. Attacking people and killing cattle. Oh, no. Yeah. The authorities authorized locals to hunt the animals, and one of the adults was killed. No! But I would like to point out that in all of the years since Escobar has died, only one of those hippos has been hunted and killed out of the entire herd.
1: Do you have a number of how many there is now?
0: (coughs) Funny you ask. As of 2014... So six years ago, there were about oh, right. forty hippos reported reported to be in the original Escobar herd. Oh yeah, this I like the third <laughs> Escobar. <herd>. The Escobar <laughs> herd. This oh. number is expected to more than double by twenty twenty four if left unchecked, which to this point <laughs> it has been. <laughs>
1: It's going to be like 100 hippos.
0: Bro, before Escobar had his original four hippos imported, hippos did not exist in South America. People... I know.
1: I I don't agree with introducing uh, an exotic animal or plant uh, to native land because it ends up destroying it. But this is, this is kind of this funny. This is
0: huge. I mean, yeah. Pe- because of that, people don't really know what to do with these hippos. Like, people are unsure how the growing herd will eventually affect the ecosystem around them. But there are currently no movements to try to move, contain, or kill the animals. So I mean, they're pretty life. much like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty much like, you know what? Y'all are leaving us alone. We'll leave, leave, leave you alone for now. And uh, if that I mean, changes, we'll reevaluate.
1: There's only mm, probably, what, 23 hippos right now? Wait, what was the number? 40? It was 40 there's,
0: in 2014. Uh, so that so was six years like ago. there's probably like
1: 50. Oh,
0: I would 50, say a lot more 60, than that. 50,
1: 60 hippos right now. We're expected to have 80 by 2024. So yeah, they. It, I don't know how long hippos live. Uh, I, I expect they live about 40 years. Anyway, as long as they're not, like, eating things and destroying, you know, the ecosystem. Yeah. I'd just say let them let them live their lives. Let
0: them be. I mean, the only ones that really caused damage that I read about...
1: Was <laughs> the rogue mom and dad, the, or mom and kid. Yeah,
0: the, the, <laughs> the rogue little family that split off from the herd. Of course, I'm sure they have probably done damage, but I wasn't able to read about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is. Esca- <laughs> That's my
1: primary um, inquisition into this whole entire story was
0: what? A- what has the hip- what about what the, the hippos? impact
1: of the hippos, <laughs> the um, Escobar hippos?
0: Yes, yeah. So, uh, I don't even know. I mean, it's a huge, huge hurt. If they thought if the government originally thought four hippos was too much for them to manage I can't imagine that the herd growing bigger makes them feel any better I can't imagine the
1: 40 I'm thinking about like how many hippos I've seen like together like on the wildlife channel and stuff uh I mean I've only ever really seen like maybe like 10 of them together but there's 40 in this herd right that seems like an excessive right? amount
0: I mean I imagine that they it might have split off into a couple of individual herds by this point, because that's a large number. That's a large number...
1: I'm pretty sure there's probably nothing in South America that's, like, a natural predator for them.
0: Oh, there's not. Um, that's why they're gro- the herd is growing totally all, unchecked. You, I don't
1: think hippos have a natural predator, if I'm being totally honest. I'm pretty sure I, they're the, They can
0: fuck up a crocodile. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're uh, the top of the food chain.
1: So, <laughs> and they'll fuck up a human. All right, um... Yeah, they are. Anyway, honestly, it's the thing that I'm obsessed about right now. And I'm like, we could talk about the hippos for another hour. We could talk about the the hippos all
0: day. But that's all the information I have about the hippos. And Pablo Escobar, which back to him, back to Pablo. So he did. He is. There's way too much media about Pablo Escobar to go over. But here are a few of the highlights. First off, I have a book, originally titled oh, in I'm s- Ugh, excuse you, <laughs> originally Reading oh, <I'm> gross. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> anyway, the book was originally titled in Spanish, "Amando a Pablo," Odian... Nope. I okay. Espanol, 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 Escobar. In case you can't tell, I have not practiced my Spanish in a good long time. It was originally titled in Spanish, which I will not attempt to pronounce. But in English, it is called Loving Pablo Hating Escobar. It was right. It was published on September 22nd, 2007, written by... One of Pablo's mistresses, Virginia Vallejo, it has a three and a half out of five on Goodreads, a four out of five on Amazon and 91 percent on Google. Mm -hmm. Yes, like I mentioned, like I said, Vallejo was one of Pablo's mistresses. She analyzes the duality of Escobar's charm and goodwill towards some and violence and animosity towards others. Wow. Yeah. And that was turned into a movie called Loving Pablo, which came out on June 15, 2018. And it stars, you're going to like this, Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. Ooh. Yeah. Javier as Pablo, obviously. Yeah, uh, no.
1: switch the rules. Switch <laughs> it out.
0: Penelope Cruz is Pablo Escobar. I'm here for it. I dig it. <laughs> it got a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb yeah. and a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience yeah. score of 36. Yeah, that's rot- yeah. Rotten Tomatoes didn't like it. But Google for the win, always 81%. Google is here for it, guys. Google for the win. I haven't seen that movie, but I want to. The trailer looks really good. I do have heard of it. Next, I have... This one is more of a loose mentioning of Pablo, but I felt like it was worth putting in here. American Made, which came out on August 25th, 2017, starring Tom Cruise, Marichio Mejia... Meja, sorry for butchering your name, mister, as Pablo Escobar, mister, (laughs) Mister. hey, mister. This movie got a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 78 and 85% on Google. American Made is based on a true story about Barry Seal, an airline pilot, who was recruited by the CIA to begin smuggling. I knew it. Smuggling for the CIA, actually. And is then approached to smuggle cocaine into the U.S. for the Medellin cartel. Ooh. And that leads us to your favorite. My favorite? Your favorite, Narcos, Narcos. Narcos. Which had its original run on Netflix, between August 2015 and September 2017, which was three seasons, it starred Wagner Mora as Pablo Escobar. Mm. It has an 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, with an audience score of 94%. And it's because it's a good ass show. Yeah, and a 94% on Google. So good scores all around. Nope not surprised Narcos is a rare show both in Spanish and English. It covers yep. Pablo Escobar's rise to power and the US government's war on drugs, which in the late 80s and early 90s was almost solely focused on Escobar.
1: Escobar. He, he owned 80% of the cocaine train, y'all. Um
0: yeah, he was uh, he was a lot. And that is all I have. On Mr. Um, Pablo Escobar.
1: Esteban Julio Ricardo.
0: (laughs) I don't even remember all of his names. (laughs) I don't even. (laughs) Julio Esteban Ricardo. Nope, that's where you lost me. (laughs) We did it. We did it. We did it. Okay, are you done with the Dora lesson
1: now? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, so... Uh, yeah, that was Pablo Escobar. We will still do Al Capone. He just will be a little later, much later, a little later. I'm actually I actually like this episode. I'm not usually like big on like the whole gangster drug war type thing because I'm like, oh, so boring.
0: Well, I'm glad I managed to entertain you with um, rubber bands and tippos. The hippos really got me. I'm not going to lie. I mean. <laughs> you should
1: have started sh- off with that. I'm
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You start with the hippos. I mean, it can only <laughs> escalate.
0: I mean, I, I thought that I should end you on kind of a positive note. So, animals. There oh, we go.
1: Yeah. So. If you enjoyed this episode of Dinner and a Murder, please subscribe and tell your friends to tune in for more information about Pablo Escobar, the movies about him, and Northern Soul that I visited for food. Uh, Check out our website.
0: Mm, mm, mm. You made me so hungry with that restaurant. Also, I reminded
1: myself and now I'm hungry.
0: So hungry. I'm going to go eat after this. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. It helps us so much to get good reviews. And if you are on iTunes and you feel so inclined, um, the star ratings are awesome, but it helps so much if you also put a comment. We would really appreciate that as well. Yes.
1: If you have any questions, comments, corrections, uh, or just want to leave a suggestion, like you're really like, I want to talk about this. Uh, You can message us on our Facebook page, but really, you should email us at dinnerandamurderpod at gmail.com. You can also send, like we said earlier, keep sending your true crime and paranormal experiences to that email so that we can start our listener episodes again.
0: If you would like to help us keep our podcast going, which we really want to do because we have a lot of fun talking to you guys. Please consider. I definitely don't have a job. (laughs) 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 Womp womp. Womp womp please consider joining our Patreon. We have some cool treats for you if you do. There's also other ways to support us if you'd like, which you can find on our website.
1: All of the links that we have mentioned are in our link tree, which you can find in the description part of this episode. So please, 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 please tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Now we're all trapped in a house for the next, uh, for the, Foreseeable future, you have no excuse. Okay?
0: <laughs> no, no excuses. Thanks for Joy listening, guys.
1: <laughs> and we'll see you next Thursday. Ready? Oh, hold on. One, I gotta itch my eyeball. Okay. And Ready? and a one, a two, a
0: <laughs> lily Bon appetit! <laughs> bon appetit! <laughs> bye, okay.
1: bye, guys. Stay safe. Stay inside.